you say amen, amen. and amen and amen. Uh, we're in a series of lessons on Sunday morning called Worship, It's More Than Words. And if you've been with us, this is our fourth uh, lesson, our fourth installment in this series, and we're just going to continue on. Uh, we believe that uh, God's set us up and knew what was going to be happening even before the virus broke out. And, and so we really think that it's important that, that uh, we just keep on keeping on with what God's told us and, and, the, and the purpose and plan we've been on in the church. And, and I think it's going to maybe uh, challenge you in a couple of areas today. And so if you're part of the Spectrum Church family, uh, you lean in a little bit extra. And if you're listening in, in, in the nation, in the state, and maybe some different parts around the world, we believe it's really going to help you as well. But really, really, this is a message for our house. Uh, we, we've been talking again about worship, that it's more than words. And if you've been with us, we said this, number one, that we worship God with our bodies. The Bible told us and tells us that, that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So we, we use our bodies to worship God, and we use the gift that he's placed inside us, not just for our own benefit, but for others in the kingdom of God and for those that don't know God as well. Uh, we worship God, we said number two, with our minds. What do we do with that? We renew our minds with the word of God. We, we, we constantly are experiencing a continual transformation of our minds with the word of God. We said last week that we worship God with our spirits. What's that mean? We, we want to stay passionate and hot uh, in our spirit according to his will and purpose for our life. And, and we worship him in truth. We worship him according to his word. So so, so we, we hide the word of God in our heart. So in a time of crisis, like right, what's happening now, we know what, what whatever's going on on the inside of us will come out of us. And so, so it's so important that our three-part being, that we worship God with our spirits and our souls and, and also our bodies. But today, again, this was planned months ago. And, and today, I think it's kind of interesting that we've been brought to this time and this season, not only in our state and nation, but the world. I want to encourage you, the scripture is real clear. We worship God with our money, with our money. Uh, the scripture's very, very uh, adamant uh, over and over concerning tithing and, and supporting the poor and being generous and, and looking at others. And, and if, we, if we have, we give to them. And so the kingdom of God, the, the purpose of God can be expanded from generation to generation. It's not anything new. It's from the Old Testament to the New Testament that God's followers are, are not only encouraged, uh, could, could I say it really bold, that God's followers are commanded to give and to support his work from generation to generation. Uh, there's about 500 verses in the Bible on faith, which is extremely important. And there's about 500 verses in the Bible on prayer that I think we all would agree is, is drastically important. But there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible on, on greed and money and resources and wealth and contentment. Over 2,000. This is a huge exaggeration, if you will, from the scriptural standpoint about what God says and what God wants us to do concerning the resources that we have. And we'll talk about it for the next 30 minutes on why it's so important. Because the big picture is this. We worship God with our money because our money represents our life. 
worship God with our money because our money represents our life. What do you, what do you mean, Carrie? Uh, well, uh, you, go to, you go to your work, wherever you're working. If you're self-employed, the business that you own, the company that you own, you, you are paid a certainly hourly wage or you are paid a certainly salary based on the life you give to the company, based on the life you are laying down for that company, 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week or whatever your schedule is. And in turn for your life, the company or the business, even for yourself, self-employed, they pay you a salary. So, so really, the, the, the salary that you're made and are making is equivalent to 40 hours a week of your life. And what God is telling us, what we know from the scripture is that he takes it seriously. He takes what we do for him. He takes what we do with our life. Again, this series is about everything in our life is worship to God. My spirit, my soul, my body, and now, now my money. Because what we find out is that you and I can't separate, <laughs> you can't separate you from your money. We just can't. I can't separate me from my money. It's what I've done. It's what I'm getting paid for. It's, it's the hours that I've spent. It's part of my life. It's part of, part of your life. That's why, again, God takes this so very, very seriously. What we know about God, what we know about Jesus, if you've ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John called the Gospels, the life of Jesus, Jesus would always get away from a question that somebody was asking, and he would turn the tables on them, and he would point to something that really addressed their heart and their heart issue. And God is always about your and my heart. It's about our hearts. So I want to drill down in this story. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 6. Lots of scriptures. It's part of one of the greatest red letter uh, uh, sermons that we know that Jesus ever taught. In fact, Matthew records it starting in Matthew 5. It goes to chapter 6. It goes to chapter 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about, first of all, recording Jesus in the Beatitudes. And then Jesus laces within his teaching this thought continually about money and about resource, and about what we're going to do with our heart, because Jesus, who's God in the flesh, God in the body, knows that your heart will be the barometer what you worship or what you don't worship. Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moths eat or the rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Come on, haven't we seen that in the couple, last couple of weeks? The stock market was going from an all-time high, come on, to down now, it lost over 10,000 points or so. So, so we're, we're seeing that there is no stability. Even what we've had, if you haven't had something in the bank that was getting you just barely any interest, if you had your money invested, those investments have gone down. Jesus is saying, thieves break in, thieves steal. Uh, it, it can't be trusted. It can, it's not secure. Now, now, Jesus and the scripture is not saying do not invest. On the contrary, you need to invest. But be sure that if you are trusting and worshiping your 401k or your investment account or your, any, your IRAs or mine, whatever I've got, it is revealing right now what I am trusting. And God Almighty is trying desperately to get to your and my heart. It's not temporary. It's, it's not secure. It's not eternal. It can't be trusted. 
He goes on to say, store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. So he says, on the contrary, don't, don't, don't just put all your, your resources on earthbound things and, and things that are limited in houses and stuff and, and stocks and bonds. Although all that is okay, but it cannot be where your trust and your security is. That is what Jesus is saying. So, so when he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, well, what does that mean? The question I want to ask you just today is this. Do you have any treasure in heaven? Is some of the money, listen to the question, is some of the money that you manage working in a place that can't and can never be destroyed, can never be lost, and can never be stolen? Is any of your stuff in a place like that? This is what Jesus is drilling down in our hearts. Not that you should not have a savings account, an investment account. Not that you shouldn't have a real estate. Not, but, but he's saying, do you have something somewhere else? Jesus then went on and said this in Matthew 6, 21. Where, where your treasure is, wherever your treasure is, there, the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, in the last several weeks, what's been the anxiousness? What's been the worry? What's been the been the heartbeat where your, where your heart beat palpitated a little bit when you saw maybe uh, layoffs and, and when you saw uh, people standing in line right now this past week in, in our community waiting to go in the grocery store. Come on, no toilet paper. Jesus, help us up in here. Uh, when you go and the shelves are empty, I, 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 my, my heart kind of stopped a couple times, I tell you. When, when I went in, there's no meat and, and, and I'm going, wow, what is going on? And people saying there's no water. Uh, but, but now, where, where what is that speaking to you? What is that speaking to me about, about our heart? Where, where your treasure is, the desires of your heart will be also. So what we know Jesus is telling us, guys, is that your treasure directs your heart and your treasure affects your heart. The treasure, whatever you've placed as a treasure of your life, your attention is directed toward that. Your heart will be directed toward that. Your concern will be directed toward that. It will affect you. It will, it will work in you positively or negatively. And Jesus is telling us that your heart determines what you think about. Your heart's determined, determining what you value. Your heart's determining what you fear. So this is a time, I really think, for all of us really to look at ourselves and to say, what has been grabbing me? What has been, where has my attention been on? And, 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 and is, is, is it stopping me? Am I fearful? Am I worried? Am I overly concerned? Am I anxious? Can I sleep at night? What's going on in my life? Let it be a warning bell. Everybody that drives a car, most of us have a car, and, and when we see our gas light coming on, that's not a negative thing. It just says you need to stop and fill up. The oil light, the engine light comes on red, I think, in all of our cars. It's not a negative thing. If you keep riding, it could be a negative thing, but it's telling you stop. Stop. Address the problem. You don't have, an oil, you don't have oil or, or one of your sensors is going out. All it is telling us is that we need to give attention to our hearts. Jesus continues this discourse. He's not done. <laughs> he says, no one in Matthew 6, 24, no one, that's you, that's me, that's everybody that's ever lived, 
No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. He says, you cannot, one more time, you cannot serve both God and money. Wow, this is Jesus. This is God Almighty. This is the one who was in the beginning with God the Father. This, this is the one who's eternal, God omnipotent. And he tells us nobody can serve God and money. You'll hate one and love the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. This is a challenging scripture for me as I look at my life, and I don't think my life is over by any means, but uh, uh, the majority of my life has been over at my age, at 60. And as I look at the future, I, I, I can tell you a couple of times, the questions have come in my heart. And all they are doing is showing me God's not big enough in certain areas in my life. So I want to encourage you. Drill down. Let God work in you. Let him speak to you. Find scriptures that tell you what he'll do for you, his care for you, his concern for you. And that's exactly what Jesus is going to be doing and telling us in this story and in this parable. What Jesus is telling us here in this verse is that a, a divided heart is a disloyal heart. And again, God is after total devotion. Cannot be divided, can't serve God and can't serve money. He'll hate one and love the other, despise one, be devoted to the other. We cannot do it. He is after total, total devotion. You can't serve God, you can't serve money. A loyal heart will involve me and you being devoted with our money. What I know in my own life, and I'm sure everybody listening, you would agree that when you're grateful, you can't just say it, you have to show it. When you're grateful. I married my beautiful wife, Kimberly. You know, we started dating back in 1983, 1984, we got married. Uh, my brother, who's, who's an amazing guy, he's a jeweler. I started talking to him. I started saving some money, and he was so kind. We had no money at the time, and I was working selling lady shoes. Come on, somebody, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Bible school. And, and I started putting some cash away, and he let me kind of pay the, pay the diamond ring off on credit. He made this ring. And, and I proposed to her on, on Christmas Eve, you, you know, in and, and, and 1983. And then, then a few months later, in the end of May, we wound up getting married. And, and from that time on, I, my heart was devoted toward her. And so I'm constantly thinking how I can help, how I can bless, how I can give. Not just say, not just say, not just, a, not just a, like we're singing here, not just raise a hallelujah, Lord, I love you. I, I've got to display it, not just in words. Worship is more than words. It's got to be shown. It's got to be displayed. And Jesus is telling us when it comes to our stuff, some of our stuff has got to be directed towards him and continuing his vision and his mission in the earth, which is the local church, the local church. Jesus then kind of shifts the, the story, if you will. And he says in Matthew 6, 25, that, that's why I'm telling you, check this out. Not to worry with everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 
He just really comes down to the basic necessities of life, that, that, that if you have food, if you have clothing, if you have some shelter, he says, is life more than that? That's, all, that's really all you need. But the question I'm asking, I have asked, and I'm sure maybe some have, is am I going to have enough? <laughs> am I going to have enough? Because of all what's gone on. And life, Jesus says, is more than that. The Apostle Paul actually says this. He says, we brought nothing into this world and we can't take anything out of the world. He says, when we leave, everything's going to stay here. He says, so if you have enough food and you have enough clothing, let us be content. And contentment is a very interesting thing. The word contentment means this. Contentment means to live independent of outward circumstances. It means nothing can rock you. Nothing can shake you. Nothing can displace you. I'm content right now. Uh, I, I, Paul says this, I, I've had a lot and I've had a little. <laughs> I've had an abundance and I've had nothing. I've learned the secret, he says there, to live a life of contentment. He says, I know God is going to supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Here's a guy who partnered with God Almighty in everything that he had, including his spirit, his soul, his body, and his resources and funding and giving to others and, and, and the church as well. Jesus then draws our attention to something you've seen and I see and we see all the time. And, and 2,000 years ago or so when this was written, it was apparent in the community that Jesus lived in because he was used everyday examples to speak the things that the people there could understand. And he says this in Matthew 6, verse 26 and 27. Look at the birds. They, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable than, than they are? Can all the worries add the single moment to your life? Can all your worries just add anything to your life? Can, can they change your life, what you're worrying about? So Jesus says again, check it out. Birds don't plant anything. Birds don't harvest anything. Birds don't save anything. Yet God takes great care of them. I, I don't know, thousands of species of birds? <laughs> Seabirds, birds in the mountains, birds that don't fly, all kinds of birds. And God takes care of them. They don't plant they don't reap that harvest. They don't, they don't harvest. They don't bring it in. They don't save anything. Now, what we do know from Scripture is that you're not a bird. You've been made in the image and the likeness of God. That God does want you to plant. God does want you to harvest. And God for sure wants you to save. Wants you to save. And Jesus is drawing our attention to these animals that a bird, we know, we've seen them in our backyard, we see them flying around. The bird's only concerned for the bird. If a mom's got some chicks, for that season of their life, the mom or the dad will go out and get some type of food and fly it back to the nest. We know that. But after that season of growing and the eggs hatch, the bird's only concerned about the bird. Listen to me. God wants you not to just be concerned about you. God wants you to have enough for your family and enough to finance his family called the church and the distribution of his love to a lost and dying world. So of necessity, I and you cannot just be concerned 
about myself. He says, and why do you look, in verse 28, why do you worry about your clothing? He, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't, they don't work or make, make their own clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory wasn't dressed as beautifully as they are. Uh, Jesus then uses, he's talking to Jewish people, you do realize, and, and he uses the richest man alive, ever lived, called Solomon. And he says, Solomon, in all his glory, all, everything he had, uh, attendance and, and resources and animals and kingdoms and, and vineyards and everything he had and, and the vast empire that he had and displayed, he couldn't even be clothed like these wild flowers. So, so, so listen again today. Jesus could not have pointed the greatest uh, 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 divider, if you will, like, look at what this man had. And now look what I will provide for you. God. God will take better care of you than Solomon could take care of himself. That's what he's saying. The richest man in the world could not take care of himself as good as God Almighty will take care of you. Come on, I feel like shouting up in here today on camera. Come on. So Jesus says this and finishes this, and he just says, Why do you have so little faith? Little faith. Again, he draws us back to our heart, not our resources, our heart. You need to have your faith and attention directed to God. Why do you have little faith? There's been so many times in my life I think I've, I, I've been there, what Jesus is saying. Little faith. In, in, in the original language, it actually means short-bursted. You have some faith, and, and then, then, then something happens, and, and, and you're back. You, you go back down. Uh, but I know this is that your and my faith, Jesus is saying, will be the determining factor. Whether you live a worry-free life, a worry-free life. And that's what he's after. He's after a worry-free life for you and me. So he says in Matthew 6, 31, so don't worry about all these things. What will you eat? What will you drink? What will you wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And maybe you're, you're there going, well, what if he knows all my needs? What's up? What's up? I tell you what's up. He's after your heart. Is your heart directed toward him? Is your heart devoted toward him? What are you doing with some of the stuff that you've got? Is some of the stuff that you've got gone and working in the kingdom of God that God's called you and asked you to manage for him while he's away? Or is all your stuff being consumed in you? Are you worshiping all your stuff instead of taking some of your things, your resources, and worshiping God Almighty with them? What I know is that whatever's dominating your thoughts is the God of your life. Whatever's dominating you, whatever's, whatever you're constantly thinking about, whatever's grabbing you constantly is really the God of your life. And Jesus wants to be your Lord, your God, your master, your savior, your healer, your provider, your deliverer. That's what he wants to be. And he's asking that from each one of us, especially in the season that we're in. So Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he, God, will give you everything you need. Seek first 
above everything else. Don't seek your success and your fame. Don't seek fortune. Don't seek money. Seek God. Seek the kingdom of God, the expansion of his kingdom. That's what he wants us to do with our life. That's what he wants us to do with the resource that he gives you, through the job that he's given you, through the avenue that you can make income for your family, but also first for his family and his will. And if we'll keep first things first in our worship, everything else will fall into line. So Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Just don't worry about tomorrow. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. T tomorrow's going to bring enough worries. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have uh, enough trouble. Trouble is enough for today. What, what, what's going on? Come on, today's trouble is enough for today. Can you say amen? We don't know what's coming up. It seems like things are changing rapidly. Who would have thought a couple of weeks ago that we would be quarant you know, quarantined, that we're by ourselves and things are happening in the nation and we're believing for a remedy? So, so Jesus is just simply saying, don't worry about tomorrow. T take care of yourself today. Every day, draw your attention to him. Every day, make a decision to worship God in your spirit, in your soul, come on, and in your body. Listen, what he's telling us is turn your worry into worship. Turn your worry into worship. Turn your worry into worship. I, I love that thought. Uh, there's a great, great scripture I want to conclude today. Man, you guys have been so kind listening. Uh, uh, hopefully you're hanging out with us. Why don't you do something before we even kind of finish the service? If you've been with us, why don't you just kind of just take a picture of yourself and your family and just go ahead and hashtag Spectrum Church at home. We want to see what's going on in your life. We want to hear like, what, if the message is resonating with you. And we believe in the middle of it all that Jesus is going to be Lord in your life. So he's telling us, turn your worry into worship. How, how do I do that? How do I turn my worry in, into worship? There's a scripture that Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4. I want to read it to you from the Message Bible. It's a little different translation. Here's what it says. Don't fret or worry. <laughs> I mean, no, that's easy to say, a little more difficult to do. Instead of worrying, pray. That would be good for all of us. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, I love this, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life, worry at the heart of your life, worry at the very core of your life. Jesus is after your heart. He's after your heart. He's after total devotion. So Jesus is telling us that worry is a spiritual problem that is really masked as a natural problem. What I'm worrying about is a spiritual problem. It's, it's clothed and it's masked and it's got darkness around it and I'm thinking it's just natural. No, it's a spiritual problem because I'm thinking what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with the virus? What's going to happen with the job? What's going to happen with my future? What's going to happen with my money? And Jesus is saying that worry 
needs to be displaced because I am after your heart. How are you doing with your worship? How are you doing with your worshiping God with your body? How are you doing with worshiping God with your mind, renewing your mind? How are you doing with worshiping God in your spirit? Is it alive? Is it passionate? Is it hot? How are you doing worshiping God with your money? Are you, have you taken steps and begun to tithe and give offerings and support the poor? Are you looking for people around right now that you say, hey, you know, I got some extra stuff. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let, let, let me be a blessing in your life. That is where you'll realize the, the heart that God wants you to have and displacing all the confusion, the darkness that's trying to come in, in, in all of our lives. Come on, right there where you're at in your home. Why don't you bow your head? Come on, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for every single person in the sound of my voice that's listening live or listening later on. We pray, Father, that you would be the Lord of our life in the middle of a time we've never lived in, a time where we can draw near to you, a time where we could really see you. We know over and over in the word of God that men and women of God in the midst of pain directed their attention to you and you heard and you answered and you saved and you delivered. We're asking that you do that for every one of us that are listening and viewing right now. When David ran in the wilderness to a cave, you brought him answers in a cave. The answers came through men that joined themselves. Bring people around our lives. If we're having social distancing, which we are right now, bring a text, bring a phone call, bring an encouragement. But beyond all that, your spirit the Spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit, knows no limits or boundaries. I pray, Father, that the peace of God, the presence of the Almighty Father would invade every heart, every mind, every will, every emotion, and would displace fear and worry and anxiety. Come on, while you're there in your house, look up at me, watching on your phone or on your TV or on your computer. We're a church that believes that the only way that you go to heaven is through the person, Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. I know this, in uncertain times, you need a certain Savior. And the scripture's real clear. His name is Jesus. And he proved it. Listen. He proved it. He was raised from the dead. Spotless, sinless, the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus Christ. If you've never welcomed into your heart, today can be the beginning of a phenomenal journey in your life. I took that journey as a little kid, my testimony. I left God for about 12 years, and when I was 20, I reconnected to God, and I've been going for 40 years now almost. I prayed that if you are far away from him, that today your heart would be open. What we do is we say a prayer around here. If you were in our actual physical location, I would tell you the very same thing. We're all going to say a prayer out loud. We're not asking you to stand up or come forward if you were here, but right there in your home. You could be seated. You don't need to do anything. But again, he's after your heart. 
Let your heart be open right now. And come on, say a prayer with me right now. Eyes open with your kids around in their PJs and you with a cup of coffee. He can deliver you right there, right now. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God, raise Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord and be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind and I'm changing my direction. I ask you today to fill me with the Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, we believe there was a spiritual transaction that just happened right then. The Bible says you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, all things have become new. Something's happened on the inside that will affect every area of your life. On the outside, how you think, how you focus, what's going on in your life, worry being displaced at this very center of your life because of the prayer you just prayed right now. Then we celebrate you. We are we 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 champion you and your cause. If you're local and you don't have a home church, come hang out with us when all this stuff lifts or keep listening to us online. There's going to be information right now online on how you can connect with us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about the prayer that you just prayed. Whether you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or, or whether you recommitted your life to Jesus Christ. We've got some resource we'd love to put into your hands. If you'll give us a shout out. If you let us know some stuff and your address, we can actually probably send you a book. Come on. Actually, probably. I think we can. We're going to make that happen for you. Reach out to us. We want to help you with the journey that you have begun making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Come on. Heaven is celebrating and we as a church celebrate and say yes and amen to every prayer you just prayed right now. Then, come on, amen, amen, amen. At the end of every service, we always give everybody an opportunity to help us in the mission. Of course, today we were talking about worshiping God with our resources and worshiping God with our money. And, and I want to encourage you, there's going to be information that's right there on the screen on how you can give into a, in a safe and a secure and a very simple way, giving online. I don't know exactly how many percentage of our church gives online now, but I think it's about 65 or 70% of the church. And at times like this, wow, the mission of the church and the ministry of the church has to keep going on. And if you can't leave your personal location how could that actually happen well it can happen electronically by you and your generosity and your tithe and setting up your online giving at spectrumchurch.org we want to encourage you to do that again we thank you so much for your consistent and diligent uh, giving over the course of not only the months but but of course uh, this special time that we're in this very unique time I just want to tell you real quickly about one of the ways that you are really because of your giving uh, yesterday we had had another church right here that was actually filming and, and, and they were using our facility to broadcast their services. And, and that is only possible, guys, because of your generosity. Uh, all, all the equipment and the lights and, and the building. and Because you give, we're able to be a blessing to other churches. And the gospel is going around the world like never before. And we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't know exactly how long everything's going to be going on. We don't know what, how long the season's going to be in. Some say weeks. <laughs> some say months. 
But if this is a new norm for a minute, listen, we're going to get through it. Jesus told the disciples in the middle of a storm, let us go to the other side. And a storm rose. And maybe that's what's happening in your life right now. Maybe you're in the middle of an economic storm. Listen, God's going to get you to the other side. Don't worry. Don't be fearful. Let him start talking to your heart. Keep being generous. Keep being liberal. Don't, don't hold on too tightly. Don't hold on too tightly. Release what God's got in your heart. Let your faith be directed toward him. And he's going to speak to us and get us to the other side. He's for us. The scripture says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for just, again, being a part of what God's doing here at Spectrum Church. We love you. We're here to help you. Reach out on social media and connect with us and the moderators so that we can actually uh, minister to you ever how we need to minister to you. And in the middle of it all, come on, say it with me. Jesus is Lord. God bless you.